Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome back to this episode of the American Deciding Factor podcast. Cameron and I have taken a short leave of absence due to being busy within our personal lives, and because of this, we've had to cut back our load a little bit in order to manage everything properly and continue um, being actually productive. But we are back now, and we have plans to come back at full force and get going in the right direction once again, and a lot has happened over the weekend that we are getting ready to unpack in this episode. But first, if you enjoy listening to this podcast or if you are new here, please be sure to hit that plus sign and subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the episodes as soon as they come out. Also, be sure that you're following us on all of our social media accounts at Deciding Factor. That's D-S-I-D-I-N-G Factor. Once you're following us, make sure that you spread the word and tell your friends and family about us. If you want to get in touch with us, be sure to DM us or email us at decidingfactor at gmail.com, spelled the exact same way, D-S-I-D-I-N-G, factor at gmail.com. We answer every single message we get, so I promise that we will get back to you. And doing all of this is the absolute best way to help us out, and we greatly appreciate it. So thank you all for listening, and let's get right into this episode. So to kind of ease us into the conversation today, and this wasn't even actually a part of my podcast notes until I began getting on Twitter and, and doing all the other stuff that I do in order to prepare for these podcasts. And once I got on there, I saw that uh, it was either, I believe it was Jack Pasebic, uh either him or Charlie Kirk, one of the, one of the other, posted this video that I'm about to show you, and it's just the back half of a video, it's not the entire video, sadly, um, and I didn't take the time to find the entire video uh, because of the time crunch that I'm on here today. But this video, this back half of this video is a video released by New York City, and in this video, they are describing what to do in the event of a nuclear attack. And as far as I know, to my knowledge, I'm not a resident of New York City, but to my knowledge, that is not something that is typically discussed in New York City. Um, let me know if I'm wrong, but I don't think that nuclear attack protocols are broadcast to the general public this way, um, just in plain sight and in casual conversation. Um, if I had to guess, and again, I don't know 100% the, the data or the evidence that, that would back this up or support this, but if I had to guess, the residents of New York City have probably not got a nuclear warning notice since before the USSR fell. That would be my guess. Again, I don't know that 100%. I haven't looked into it, but the fact that New York City, uh, and this is a public government um, health website, is releasing, I think it's called Notify NYC, uh, we'll hear it in just a second in the video, is releasing this information to the citizens of New York City. It's a little bit concerning, so I'm going to go ahead and play the clip for you here and you tell me what you all think. If you don't have one, get as far into the middle of the building as possible. If you were outside after the blast, get clean immediately. Remove and bag all outer clothing to keep radioactive dust or ash away from your body. Step three, stay tuned. 
Follow media for more information. Don't forget to sign up for Notify NYC for official alerts and updates. And don't go outside until officials say it's safe. All right, you've got this. So there you have it, a bit of a concerning tape to say the least. And again, like I say, I don't think this is something that regularly happens in New York City. Um, let me actually look up Notify NYC here. And look, it's apparently New York City's official source for information about emergency alerts. So Notify NYC has been something that apparently is a program that is, it's a free emergency communications program that has been around for a while. At least it predates this particular update or emergency notification. But um, yeah, it looks like there's definitely some buzz about it being used for a nuclear attack. Uh, Monkeypox pops up as something that it has been used for. Uh, apparently there's a shortcut for that. So it does predate this particular instance of its use, but still concerning to say the least. Now, moving on to the more pressing topic of today, the topic that I really want to discuss with you guys, getting into the thick of it here. This weekend, Saturday night and Sunday morning, we saw that 4chan users, hackers, whatever, were able to obtain information from Hunter Biden's iCloud backup. So let's just kind of explain this briefly here. 4chan.org is a, it's described by 4chan as a simple image-based bulletin board where anyone can post comments and share images anonymously. It is an open source forum where people can post all sorts of stuff. Um, because of that, it has gotten a very bad reputation. It is very, um, I would say mismanaged, but there's actually a lack of management and that is why it is mismanaged um, is because it is a no holds barred uh, wild west frontier of the internet. It is equitable to probably like the dark web, um, but nerfed a little bit. So people are able to post whatever they want on here anonymously. Um, you can post, comment, share, all sorts of stuff on this website. And over the weekend, we saw that on the 4chan board, users have claimed that they have hacked the iCloud of Hunter Biden. They also claim that they have made backups of all of this iCloud information. So they have already created what is known as torrents for everything. And a torrent, uh, this was new to me, I actually had to research this myself, but a torrent is a means of data communication for peer-to-peer -peer file sharing. So individual-to-individual uh, -individual file sharing. It is a way of communicating that file information uh, to from one person to another. And it allows users to distribute this information and electronic files over the internet in a decentralized manner. It is not necessarily reliant on some other server or some other platform. It is a more decentralized way of sharing files, of sharing information. It's for the 
for the average person, you've probably never heard of it or never really thought about it, probably never explicitly used it to your knowledge, but it's popular in use of large uh, files. It's popular to, probably popular in Hollywood where they're transferring large files such as TV shows, movies, um, albums, stuff like that, where these are very big files that need to be moved from one person to another or from one agency to another, whatever. And these torrents are used to move that information, to move that data. So what this means in this particular instance is that even if 4chan, even if the anonymous uh, 4chan users that posted this information on 4chan gets taken down, or if the site itself gets taken down, uh, or if the hackers are kicked off, the information will still be out there, it will still be available, and it will still be untouched. Despite the fact that it is no longer present on the 4chan site, it will still be out there in the internet, able to be accessed. That is huge because it's, once again, that decentralized nature of torrents and of 4chan allows it to be accessed. So the hacker who leaked the information claims that there is voicemails, videos, voice recordings, pictures, and all other kinds of information that was discovered. And so the leaked file was a zip file with two folders. So one of the folders was for Hunter Biden's iPad, and then one was for his iPhone, which we can see based on the tag is an iPhone XS or 10S, however you want to say it. And the phone number that belonged, uh, the phone number that was that the iPhone was using actually belonged to Haley Biden or Hallie Biden, however you say her name, uh, at the time. Uh, but Hunter took over the number and texts text messages prove that he was the one who was using the number at that time. It was not his sister-in-law. By the way, if you do not know who Hallie or Haley is, it is Hunter Biden's brother, Bo Biden. Hallie, Haley, however you say her name, is Hunter Biden's sister-in-law. It was Bo Biden's wife. Uh, and then, of course, when Bo Biden died, uh, Hunter, if you did not know, remain interested in his brother's wife, became a love affair, all of this sort of stuff. Uh, they actually, there was a, an article that was released where Hunter actually tried to get Joe Biden to publicly approve of this relationship, of this affair, in order to kind of ease the tension and ease the, uh, the I guess, uh, what do you call it, the taboo nature of it. But I don't know that Joe Biden actually ever followed through with that. So one thing that we uh, do speculate is that the iPad was actually used by Hunter Biden and Natalie Biden, which Natalie Biden is Hunter Biden's niece. It is Beau Biden's daughter. And this is actually a little bit disgusting when you think about it because the iPad showed on its information that Hunter was using the iPad for dating sites and porn sites, but... There was also games on it that were believed to have been Natalie's. Kind of disturbing that Hunter is using that iPad for these same, the, that same iPad for that kind of stuff, while his niece is using it for innocent reasons. But 
what more can you expect from this family? So moving on to some of the actual contents that were in the leak, we see more pictures and videos of Hunter Biden that were not released with the original laptop hard drive leak. So if you'll remember, uh, this was the one that got this story some national attention. And Cameron and myself have done a podcast on it. You can go back and listen to that where we explain it in detail how Hunter Biden, uh, whether it was him or not, his laptop was dropped off at a repair store and the person who repaired it had the legal rights to be able to seize it because Hunter did not come and reclaim it. So that uh, repair store owner took it and turned it into the FBI. He made a copy of it. He sent it to uh, like Trump's lawyer, I believe it was. Um, I can't exactly remember the entire story. Uh, it's been a while since I've been through it. I would need to refresh myself on it. But uh, it might have been Trump's lawyer's lawyer, uh, Rudy Giuliani's lawyer, uh, that he sent it to. I believe that's how the story went. Um, again, do not quiz me on it. But like I said, there's a podcast on that you can go listen to it. And from that incident, we got a leak of information where we saw pictures and videos of Hunter Biden doing some pretty obscene stuff. But we have now with this leak, more pictures and more videos of Hunter Biden that were not released with that original laptop hard drive leak. Some of these leaks include a video of him measuring the weight of his crack rocks while apparently arguing with someone, presumably a prostitute. Um, keep in mind during all of this that if this was Don Jr. or Eric Trump or something like that, think about the scrutiny that would be going on in the media right now with the Trump family. But the Biden family is coming out of this practically unscathed so far in the 48 hours after this release. There was also a picture of him eating a sandwich next to what appears to be a woman whose arms and legs are tied up, they're bound together, and who also has a bag or some other similar object over her head. Um, again, a little bit of a disturbing image, uh, just kind of weird. And there's also pictures of Hunter smoking a crack pipe in what is presumably a shower. Uh, there's tiles around him. He's shirtless. You can pretty much assume it's a shower. And some other hand is lighting the crack pipe for him, um, unaware or unknown who that is. But these are the images that are released. These are just some of them. There's speculation that more is actually going to come out because this stuff, there was a there was around 450 gigabytes worth of information that was taken from this leak. And so people are still downloading that, still releasing that. There is the speculation that there's more to come, but we will have to see in the following days of the people who do have that information, what actually does come out of this, if that's all they have, or if there actually is 450 gigabytes worth of absolutely terrible information, but um, this information, uh, some other information that came out was information regarding Hunter Biden's system and applications data. Uh, so this is huge, actually, because this is what gives us more information about Hunter, specifically what he was actually into outside of the troubling pictures and videos that we've already seen. This is stuff that we're talking about in this category would be like, messaging data 
we're talking about search histories, we're talking about all this stuff that is uploaded onto the iCloud, stuff that you're probably unaware that your phone actually saves into its iCloud data that actually backs up. This is the kind of stuff that we're talking about. And this is big because this actually shows us the habits and the actions of Hunter Biden himself. And uh, it's, it mostly includes text messages between Hunter and those who are associated with him. And there's a screenshot out there going around. Uh, you can find it on Twitter. You can probably find some news outlets that have posted it as well. But it shows uh, the, the banner to the left, basically. If you're on a Mac, it would be the banner to the left that shows who your contacts are that you're messaging with. And it shows uh, a couple of them that are just numbers. They're not apparently saved as contacts. There's no names associated to them, but there is, there are some names and there is Jill Biden. Her name is in there. And then there's also a name that is uh, Pedo Peter. And uh, we'll get into that in a second. But first, let me go back to Jill Biden really quickly. So in these text messages, Hunter actually shows quite a bit of contempt and disdain for Jill Biden, his stepmom. He calls her a vindictive moron, a selfish, silly, entitled C-word. Um, and he at one point tells her to F off, basically. And uh, he then tries to backpedal all of these comments by saying that she actually cared about him and she's trying to do what's best for him. But um, as you can see, there's definitely some tension going on between them two. And I kind of hate to sit here and talk about this because it's, um, it's like feeding into this drama of the president and the president's family, this kind of uh, entertainment tonight kind of drama that's going on. It almost turns it into like what they have over in, in Britain with like the Kings and Queens and Harry and Meghan and, uh, all this sort of stuff. And I would rather our politics not be a drama show, not be a reality TV show. I would rather us actually be serious about what we're doing and, uh, upstanding individuals. I would rather our politicians be clean people, but that is not the case, and our commander-in-chief right now is definitely not that person. He is, as we see throughout these leaks, he is a swamp creature through and through, and we are going to get into that a little bit more uh, as we close out the rest of this. But let's go back to that name that I mentioned of Pedo Peter. Um, this name showed up multiple times in his contacts list, and at first it was not apparent who this was. But it has been cross-referenced with previously known information to be understood as Joe Biden himself. So Joe Biden would actually use the pseudonym Peter Henderson whenever he was writing with those close to him. And Peter Henderson was a character from a novel. I believe he was like a Soviet spy or something of that sort. But Joe Biden would actually use this pseudonym Peter Henderson whenever he was writing to those uh, close to him, his family members, his son, Hunter specifically in this instance. So this begs the question, why would Hunter call his father a pedophile? Because the pseudonym by itself is just Peter Henderson. It was Hunter Biden who actually came up with the, uh, the prefix there, the pedophile, pedo, Peter. Uh, 
Hunter added that on at the beginning. So is this sort of a, a jest, a joking comment, an inside joke? Uh, is this a nickname that Joe Biden himself is aware of? What is going on with this nickname, Pedo Peter? Uh, it definitely begs the question, uh, just the fact that anyone in politics, especially the commander-in-chief, the president of the United States, who's supposed to be the representative of the country, the most upstanding individual among all of us, um, the leader of the free world, the fact that his name is associated with the word pedophile, that is definitely a cause for concern. Uh, and it, it begs an investigation. I am hoping that there's an investigation into all of this. There definitely needs to be. It is long past due. Um, just that, just the matter in itself is worth investigating. Not even to mention the New York Post article, which came out before the election, which was hyper uh, censored into oblivion. This entire situation is a cause for investigation, and we are seeing that, uh, not just the incident itself, but everything surrounding it. It is all a cause for investigation. Uh, it begs an investigation, and I'm hoping that this is one instance where the, the D.C. swamp the elites are not going to protect their guy uh, because I'm going to be honest right now. Joe Biden, I, I know he serves their interest, and we're about to get into in this last segment uh, why he serves their interest in such a big way. But he, they are weakened at burning him so hard. They are literally having to carry this man through all of the media scrutiny, through everything that's going on. They are willing this man to the end of his term. And if they run him again, they can expect to get slaughtered. And I know that that's what they're, that's what they're saying that they're going to do. Kamala is saying that she's willing to run on a ticket with Joe Biden as president and her as vice president. And hey, if that's the case, more power to them. I say let them do it because we will absolutely kick them out of there come 2024. It will be bad for them if they decide to do that unless they are able to do uh, what they did in our last election in 2024. If they do that, uh, goodness, that's a whole nother can of worms. Um, that, that is a call for something much more dire, much more critical. But why they are protecting this person, why they're protecting Joe Biden, does not make sense to me. This is a man that is not worth protecting. They have so much dirt on him. They could throw him to the wolves at any time if they wanted to. They wouldn't even have to throw him to the wolves. They would just have to take their hands off of him. Just take the training wheels off, take the blindfold off, and just let the media and the American people do the work. And it would be over. It would be all bad for him. But let's continue into how this gets even worse. Because all of this news comes after headlines last week. I don't know if any of you saw these. I'm sure you did. It, it ran the headlines for about two days, and then it disappeared again. All of this comes after the headlines that read last week that Joe Biden had authorized sending nearly one million barrels of oil to the Chinese company Unipec. So Joe Biden announced the sale of 950,000 strategic petroleum reserve barrels 
to Unipec. This is Biden's energy department. 950,000 barrels of our strategic petroleum reserve oil barrels. This is stuff that we have stockpiled for emergency uses. This was not to be touched except for in the case of an emergency. And Biden is giving away nearly a million barrels to Unipec. Unipec being the trading arm of China's petrol chemical corporation. Um, and that would be Sinopec. So Sinopec is a Chinese petroleum and chemical corporation. Uh, it's an oil and gas enterprise based in Beijing. Um, it trades in Hong Kong, Shanghai, and New York. And it is a state-owned, Chinese government, CCP-owned oil and gas enterprise that is owned by SASAC, S-A-C, or S-A-S-A-C, SASAC. Um, and SASAC, for those of you who don't know, uh, the, the um, China Petrochemical Corporation, um, it is once again, it is even listed, SASAC literally stands for state-owned assets supervision and administration that's what it stands for state-owned literally in the name um it is a uh oil and gas it is the world's largest oil refining gas and petrochemical conglomerate um administered by sasic for the state council of the people's republic of china state-owned chinese company and Joe Biden is sending 950,000 barrels of our oil from our strategic reserves to Unipec, the trading arm of Sinopec, which is owned by, once again, SASIC, that big state-owned company. I know it's a lot to run around with, but this is how money laundering works. This is what has to happen. So this would not be as big of a deal. Obviously, it would still be a big deal. That in itself is a huge deal. The fact that our commander-in-chief, the person who is solely responsible of looking after uh, the welfare and the defense of our nation, um, that is what his oath entails, that in itself, the fact that he is, that person is sending our strategic petroleum reserves to an adversary, a foreign adversary, that is alarming enough. But it gets even worse when you realize that Hunter Biden, his private equity firm, BHR Partners, bought a $1.7 billion stake in Sinopec seven years ago. So BHR Partners uh, stands for Bohai Harvest RST Equity Investment Fund Management Company. It is based in Shanghai, and it is a private investment fund that was founded um, in 2013, so uh, actually nine years ago, not seven years ago, by Bohai Industrial Investment Fund, uh, which is controlled by the Bank of China, along with a partnership with Hunter Biden. So BHR Partners, Hunter Biden, and China. CCP, this, this just shows you how far the rock goes, because BHR is a private investment fund, yes, but it is controlled by the Bank of China Limited. Bank of China is a Chinese majority state-owned commercial bank that is headquartered in Beijing. 
It is majority state owned. This is a CCP ran operation and Hunter Biden is a partner. This is how far up the rock goes. We are talking about our commander in chief. His son is partners with the CCP, with the communist Chinese. And they bought $1.7 billion into this company, Sinopec, um, in 2013 or 2015, somewhere around that time. Now, this Unipec contract that Joe Biden approved was worth $98 million. And we already know because Tony Bobulinski reported on it that Joe Biden gets a 10% cut of everything that Hunter makes. So my question is how much of this $98 million is actually going to Hunter Biden? And then from that, you can pretty much account on 10% of that going straight to the pocket of Joe Biden. And that is how this whole money laundering scheme works. You put someone in power who has now unlimited American resources at his fingertips, and he enriches himself while selling out our power and our might, because let's get this straight, crude oil, our strategic petroleum reserves, that's where our power comes from. That is the backbone. That is what makes our country run, is the, that crude oil. When that is being sold out to communist China, you can bet your bottom dollar that our power is going with it. And this is the way that Joe Biden is leading this country, enriching himself, selling out America, making us weaker while fattening his pockets. And I just think it's hilarious. BHR Partners is a private investment fund. Even the communists like privately owned companies. Even the CCP, the communist Chinese, use private investment. They use private dollars. They use private ownership. It's so hilarious. Uh, it's hypocritical, but it's funny. Um, so anyways, let's look into this really quickly. So there are, uh, let's see, back here at the end of this article, um, by the end, this is an article by thefederalist.com. It says, by the end of Biden's latest release from the emergency stockpile, the president will have depleted 260 million barrels of oil from the nation's reserves. In May, the Department of Energy announced efforts to replenish only 60 million barrels of what's been released. So that is a net negative of 200 million barrels um, under the Biden administration, despite an authorized storage capacity of 714 million barrels. So we're able to carry 714 million barrels, um, but we are only replenishing 60 million of the 260 million that we've already gave away. Uh, so the Energy Information Administration reported that just more than 492 million barrels remain in storage on July 1st. Um, and this is huge. Uh, once again, the article points out that's exactly one month into the six-month hurricane season. So the reason that's important is obviously the hurricane season brings about some hard times uh, for people who are affected by hurricanes down there in the southeast. And so that strategic uh, petroleum reserve, that crude oil, can be used in relief efforts to help um, relief efforts down there. 
from hurricane victims. But 492 million barrels of oil remain in storage um, as of our latest numbers. So if you go to the EIA.gov, this is the Independent Statistics and Analysis of the U.S. Energy Information Administration, you can actually look on their website at our weekly U.S. Uh, stockpiles of crude oil in our strategic petroleum reserve. And if you look at it from the time that Biden takes office until now, it has taken a sharp nosedive. I mean, obviously it has. The dude has released 260 million barrels of oil. But let's look at where this was when Joe Biden got into office. So as of January 8th, 2021, right before Biden is sworn in, there are 638 million barrels of oil in the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. And let me do, um, yeah, the math really quick. 638 million, 85,000 barrels of oil in the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Now, like I said, the top number, the uh, capacity that we were able to hold was somewhere a little over uh, 700 million, I believe is what it was. Yeah, 714 million barrels is the authorized storage capacity. We were sitting at 638 million. Now, under Biden, we are sitting at 492 million with a sharp turn downwards. So this is what um, the Biden presidency, the Biden administration has gotten us, is weaker, a weaker country, um, less power, um, all the while, of course, um, Biden refuses to drill oil at home. Um, and once again, Sinopec, Sinopec, the Chinese company that we sold to, they're still buying oil from Russia. So um, throw all of the uh, weaken the Russian dollar, or uh, I don't even remember what they call it. It's not the dollar, obviously. But throw all of that mess about weakening uh, Russia's currency out the window because their currency is getting more valuable. China is continuing to buy their oil. We know this because the Chinese and the Russians, are, they're in bed together. And all of the while, we're continuing to sell our oil to the Chinese, to the CCP. Why? Because the commander-in-chief has an incentive to, because he's going to get a cut of it, and his son's going to get a cut of it. So with all of that being said, and I know that's some uh, depressing news, probably not some stuff that you necessarily want to hear, but with all of that being said, I hope that this doesn't, um, I hope that this doesn't discourage you. I hope that it actually strengthens your resolve. Um, I hope that it actually shows you how important elections are, um, how important it is for us to protect our elections. Uh, speaking of, just to throw this in at the end here, Wisconsin, their Supreme Court has announced that um, ballot drop boxes that are unauthorized, that are unwatched, will be against the law. They will be illegal um, in this midterm election, and that is a huge win uh, for um, for voter security, for election integrity. And so that is something that uh, we definitely need to hammer down on. Stuff like that can help this from happening. But I hope this puts into light for you the, the consequence that these elections hold. Um, it's not, every vote counts. I know that people always say, well, my vote doesn't count. But 
votes matter, votes count, and this is a perfect example of that. So um, I hope that this strengthens your resolve. I hope that this uh, makes you mad in a good way, in a, a righteous anger. I hope this gives you a righteous anger um, to go and take your country back, um, obviously using the um, systems that we have in place in order to do that. But yeah, thank you all for listening. Um, this has been a, another episode of the American Deciding Factor podcast with me, Isaiah Woody. I'm so glad you all are along for this. And once again, uh, if you want to get in contact with us, just DM us, email us um, at Deciding Factor, uh, D-S-I-D-I-N-G, Factor, um, on social media, and DecidingFactor at gmail.com, spelled the same way. Thank you all for listening, and I hope you have a great day.